Hey, Manager After God friends. Thank you for your continued faithfulness and listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com. True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth, Charles Spurgeon. Hey, we're Andrew Jennifer Smith, your host of the Marriage I Forgot podcast. And this episode is brought to you in celebration of our newest one-year marriage prayer book called The Marriage Gift. It releases on October 17th, and we wanted to ask you if you could take a moment today to pre-order this book and make an investment into your marriage. We know that you desire to pray more for and with your spouse. We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you want to add something to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote this book and why we are doing this eight-part series. Visit themarriagegift.com today and pre-order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today and pre-order. Okay, so this is part one of an eight-part series on how to pray for your spouse and marriage as taught by Jesus. Yeah, the, we wanted to do a series um, as a way of learning from the master himself <laughs> about how to truly pray for our spouse, our marriage, by looking a little deeper at how Jesus himself taught his disciples to pray in Matthew 6. More specifically, uh, we want to pull out the spiritual principles that we believe Jesus was showing uh, by what he taught them. Yeah. So today we're, we're going to look at the first set of, or all the set of verses that we're going to be looking at and discussing over the next eight episodes, eight, eight weeks, um, as we examine what is arguably one of the most well-known teachings Jesus ever taught, which is about prayer. Then we're going to answer the question, what is true prayer? So that's this episode. And then uh, we hope that you guys will just stick with us for all eight episodes because they're going to be pretty awesome. Okay. So first let's uh, go ahead and read Matthew 6. 5 through 15. Okay, so this is where we find the Lord's Prayer. Um, the disciples come up to him and they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray, right? And this, this is what he says, starting in verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they, they th think that they will be heard for their many words. 
Do, you need, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So that was a lot, but real quick, I just want to explain how this eight-part series is going to work. Um, we're essentially going to be taking one or two verses at a time and breaking out the principles of it. Mm -hmm. So this one's going to be focusing on verse five, the very first verse of this section. And um, also, just a little treat for you guys, usually we end our podcast episodes with a prayer, and we thought it'd be really fun to uh, share a prayer straight from the marriage gift. So at the end of each part, we are going to do that. Yeah. So if you want to get examples of what the prayers sound like, stay tuned to the end. <laughs> okay. So why would Jesus need to teach us to pray? Yeah, this is a, a good question that we can ask ourselves because if Jesus taught how to pray, then the it would beg the, the question of like, well, or beg the answer of maybe we need to be taught how to pray. Like it's not natural. It's yeah, not it's automatic. Not, it's not something that we just grow up knowing how to do. Right. There's lots of things that come natural to us in our flesh. Um, sinning being one of them. It's easy for us to <laughs> I was sin. thinking like breathing. Okay. Yeah, there is no, you don't need lessons on sinning, right? But because we do that. But prayer, um, a, a good good thing to think about with the with this disciples, they were all Jews. They all were raised knowing what prayer was. They've seen it. They've seen the rabbis pray. They've prayed. Prayer was a natural part of their life. But yet they still came to Jesus to ask him to pray, um, which is something pretty striking to us in our flesh that Jesus prayed some a different way. He prayed. There was something in him, in the way he prayed that was unique, and so they asked. So we can we can just know that if Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, if it's in his word, then it's something that we probably need to learn how to do, and it's probably like a lifelong thing of learning. Which is something that Aaron and I have done throughout our marriage is pray together, and it's also been a vital part of the message of our ministry and what we do online and through podcasting is encouraging couples to pray together because we've seen the power of prayer in our marriage and just the anchor that it is in our faith and our foundation to go to God in prayer. And we want that for other people. And so a huge, um, encouragement of what we share mm -hmm. with people is, Hey, pray together. And it's another reason right. why we wrote the marriage gift was just to be able to, um, get a resource in people's hands that will inspire and encourage their prayer life. Yeah. And another side to look at on this is, um, if we're, like spiritual children of God, like we're, we're God's children, then we need to be taught just like children need to be taught. Yeah. Just like we need to learn to read, just like we need to, we need to learn to write, just like we, like we need to learn to walk. Uh, prayer is one of those things that as children of God, we get to learn. And I believe his spirit teaches us. I believe also practicing and just doing it teaches mm -hmm. us, but also um, the word of God teaches us how to do it. Jesus himself, like we're going through, teaches us how to do it. Yeah. Um, but we can also learn from other resources totally. on how to do this. So when w in what we just read in Matthew 6, when Jesus does say, pray like this, mm -hmm. like that's what we're here to do in this eight-part series is look at what he says and pull from it mm -hmm. some wisdom, some insight on how to pray. And we can we can apply this teaching to, okay, how do we pray for our marriages? Yeah. Um, just for some examples that are fun that we're, we'll go more into as uh, this, this series rolls, rolls out. Um, but when he says, go into your room and shut the door, well, your spouse has access in that space. So right, our encouragement is, <laughs> yeah, our encouragement is share it, share that space with your spouse and experience the intimacy that prayer has to offer yeah. and going to God with 
your spouse. Yeah. Also, when it says your kingdom come, we know we can be praying for our spouses and asking that God's will be done for them in their life and in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Not just seeking like what we want or what we desire, although that's sometimes a part of it. Mm -hmm. Really what we're we're here to do is seek what what does God want? Yeah. When he says, uh, forgive us, we, we're, we're taught we can pray for forgiveness and we can also learn to forgive and we can mm-hmm. also ask that they would forgive us. And so, um, and then why don't you read that last one? Uh, when he's, when he says, um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We can pray that same thing over our spouse and how powerful it is to cover them in that way. The Lord's protection, um, mm. that they wouldn't be led into temptation and that they would be protected from the evil one. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people, um, there's two things I want to mention right now is, um, use the Lord's prayer directly. Like they pray the Lord's prayer themselves, mm-hmm. which I think is fine because Jesus taught us to pray that way. But Jesus doesn't say, pray this. He says, pray like this. And so he's clearly showing a template, an example. Like a, like a prompt. That, yeah. yeah. He's like, here's the kinds of things that we're praying for. Here's the way we mm-hmm. pray. Here's who we're praying to. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want to pull out of this. And the second thing I want to mention is if anyone that's listening now has been a believer for any length of time, you've probably heard some sort of teaching or message on the Lord's Prayer, um, which is awesome. But I, I think if you stick with us through this eight-part series, you might hear some new thoughts and concepts, especially as it pertains to our marriages. Mm-hmm. And to add to that note about how Jesus said, pray like this, and that that's like a prompt that we can adjust and mm-hmm. um, make more personal as we're kind of praying the same things that yeah. he was talking about. That's kind of our heart behind the marriage gift is there's all, you know, 365 prompts, uh, marriage prayer prompts, where we're tackling topics that we need to be covering in prayer for our marriages. And our hope is that anyone that gets that resource would would pray those prayers, but would really make them their own because you guys know the details of what your marriage is facing. You guys know what you're going through. And so if you can uh, you pray through and read through mm-hmm. a prompt and then be inspired to kind of adjust it and make it your own and continue on and continue on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what our desire was with with this. Yeah. None of these topics are meant to be like prayed for over once. Like all of them we're praying for regularly throughout our life. Um, so I, and by the way, our hope is that each one of you listening would pick up a copy because we, (laughs) we desire you to, to grow in your prayer life and to be blessed by this resource. So, Okay, so today we're going to be focusing on verse five, Matthew six, verse five. Um, but before we do that, why, why should we pray? Well, um, we, we've talked about this a lot and we just, we always want to reiterate these things. Uh, first of all, Jesus prayed. Like, so if Jesus is doing it, it's something that we could look at and be like, well, maybe that's something I should do. Well, if we're called to walk in his footsteps, we're going to follow that example. Yeah. And so there's things that Jesus did that we can't do. Like we can't be the savior of the world. (laughs) He he is. Um, but we're told to die to ourselves daily. We're told Mm -hmm. to take up our own cross. So we still are even following in that way Mm -hmm. that he lived. Um, but prayer is a big one. He, there's many times in scriptures it says that he went off alone to pray. And so Jesus teaches us by his actions, what it looks like to have a prayer life. And so that's one, one thing. I would also add that, um, we've been given the gift of access. We, we can go to God in prayer, whether it be in our bedroom or our closet or our car or our living room or 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 in a park, like (laughs) literally wherever you are, you can stop and pray. You actually, you don't even have to stop what you're doing, but you just pray and you have that access to God. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Pr- prayer is, uh, it's our, ex- it's experiencing communion with the Lord. You're having a conversation, you're communing with God directly, um, through Jesus Christ, which mm-hmm. is amazing that we can do that again, that access. Mm-hmm. It's an intimate thing. And so you're building that relationship up with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You're learning and practicing how to tune in 
to him and yeah. um, how he's leading you and how he's speaking to you and um, finding comfort in that space with him. Yeah. It postures our heart toward hearing God, mm-hmm. putting ourselves in a place of like, God, I, I want to hear from you now. I want to experience your wisdom for me. Um, it draws us closer to him. It reminds us who we are mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm, I'm just a man and you're God. And I need you. I need you. I really love that. Just like in a conversation with your spouse, um, you reveal your heart to them and you become known. Yeah. Um, when you pray, there's an offering there up to the Lord. Cause obviously he knows already what, what we're going through, but when you make it known, when you reveal what your heart is going through, what your circumstances are, what you're thinking, you're offering mm-hmm. that to the Lord and, and you're making yourself known to him. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, it makes me think of that scripture when we stand before the Lord one day, the greatest thing we can hear is I knew you. Mm-hmm. And the fearful thing is I never knew you yeah. like what Jesus talks about, but, but he, does he know us? Mm-hmm. Like, do we freefully, willfully and honestly and humbly reveal ourselves to him, which is kind of some of the things we're going to talk about today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing is just that you, when you pray, you're recognizing the Lord's authority in your life. Mm-hmm. And yielding to it. I mean, hopefully that's our hearts is that mm-hmm. we we're not trying to bend God to our will, but we're trying to bend our, our hearts to his. Mm-hmm. So, okay. That gets us into the, in the first section. Here we go. Verse five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it one more time. These are the words of Jesus. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, period. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So the thing, the first thing I want to pull out of this, and it's actually the first main point, he starts off his whole teaching on prayer with this verse, to not be like hypocrites. And so he says we should not be like them when we pray. What, do you, what, what does that make you think of, first of all, when you hear the word hypocrite, Jennifer? Um, so just someone that is saying one thing, doing another yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think is like, they're, they're not real. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, fake. Yeah. yeah, they're fake or or lying. They, they present one thing, but they're, that's not who they actually are. I actually looked it up and, um, it's a Greek word that means that you're playing a theatrical part, such mm. as an actor wearing a mask on stage. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an intentional thing almost that it's you're, an intentional thing, yeah. you're portraying something that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. For the sake of like what an actor would be for the sake of entertainment, for the sake of accolade, for the sake of prestige, for the mm-hmm. sake of whatever. Um, but it's, yeah, it's playing a role. And so um, what the question we get to ask ourselves in light of this, when Jesus says, don't pray like the hypocrites. So he, he's saying, don't, don't say what the hypocrites say. He's saying, don't pray like the hypocrites, meaning don't be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Don't, like you can come to me and pray and like the, the words might be one thing, but it's the behavior in that heart Mm -hmm. that is another thing and so what is what is motivating us to pray what is it what is it we're looking for when we come to god in prayer is it to be close to god is it to communion with him is it to seek his will because we trust him to lead us or believe he can heal and save or do we pray to be seen and heard do we pray because we know we should we should as Christians like, oh, this is, I, I, I got to just fulfill this role. I got to mm-hmm. check that box. Or I think like, is it because we want to get a message across to our spouse? Like if we're praying in front of our spouse, are we almost like manipulation? Are you mm-hmm. praying a prayer that you know will make them feel a certain way um, or that you're okay and they're not, that you don't have sin, but they do? 
or right. you you don't need to be changed, but they do. Like those Which types of things. I want to make a note on this as a form of manipulation. That's what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. So we you you you're praying with them or praying for them or praying near them so they can hear you. And the things you're saying, you're hoping maybe they'll hear me. Maybe they'll take this to account. Or, or maybe, maybe they'll, maybe it's just as simple. Like I want them to know that I'm a prayer, like someone who prays. Right. Which could be very well the case too. Um, I've seen this actually take place, you know, when people are praying out loud for someone around others and then they, they start revealing things in their prayers that you're like, why are you saying that? Mm. <laughs> why is that coming out of your mouth? Um, and so the question is, is what is it, what's our intent when we're praying? When we come before God or others, coming before God before others or before our spouse or even alone, are we doing it as a hypocrite? Mm-hmm. You know? I, I looked up the word hypocrite. Um, I did show the Greek word explanation, but it also said, another definition said, one who indulges in hypocrisy. Uh, the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Mm. And that word indulges, it stood out to me because it's not just someone who um, accidentally acted like some something else other than what they were. It's no, that, it's, that's who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I love that we're um, highlighting this today because I think it's an important thing to stop and evaluate. Am I, am I a hypocrite? Yeah. Well, and especially when we are coming before God, because, you know, if I come to God and I'm like, God, like, I I just, I want my wife to respect me so much more. Like she does not respect me. God change her heart. And then the Holy Spirit's speaking to me about my own respect of her, of you, or my own love for you. Like, like the the coin gets flipped in my heart or in my mind when God's speaking to me. Am I even willing to look at my own? Am I even willing to look at how I'm behaving, how I'm acting, or I just want you to change. Mm-hmm. And I just want God to change you for my sake. And, but don't, no, don't, don't speak to me, God. Just all I care about is what happens to her. That's a heart of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. That's not truly desiring God's will. That's truly just desiring your wife to change only and not really desiring what God wants for her or for you. And that's, so that's, again, coming to God in that heart mm-hmm. is, it's, it's hypocrisy. Um, another thing we touched on was like performance-based hypocrisy where like that idea of like, you're just playing a role or you're just on stage, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but when we pray, and this goes back to evaluating our motivations and our heart posture before God, when we pray, are we truly seeking to hear and receive from God or are we just putting on a performance to say, I know I'm supposed to do this. Like check, mm-hmm. like checking off the boxes. Yeah. Like God, I did all these things. Why aren't you changing anything? Mm-hmm. And God's like, where's your heart? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you truly in this? Do you even want my, mm-hmm. my, you know, mind on the matter? Do you even want me? Um, that's another thing is, um, going back to the verse, it says, don't pray like the hypocrites. And he, even he alludes to the Jewish leaders. Mm-hmm. He says they like to pray in the synagogues and yeah. in front of people to be seen by men. They weren't even coming to God to be before God. They were doing this as a a thing before men. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be seen by men. They wanted to be, like you said before, am I just praying to show my husband that I pray? Am I just praying to show my wife that I like, look how spiritual I am and you should be better at this. Mm -hmm. Or am I going to before God because I want God. And and you believe that God's going to Mm -hmm. hear you and help you and answer your prayers and yeah, have that relationship with you. That's good. Um, I do have a question about, cause we're talking about hypocrisy. Is it hypocritical to pray when you don't feel like it? Would you put that in the same category? Because there's been times like you and I, 
where we're frustrated about something or, or, you know, we've been walking through a season of hard and one of us doesn't really want to pray. I think, but if you, if you're in that mode and you, you feel that way, but you choose to pray anyways, are you being hypocritical? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm kind of flipping it going. No, I don't think like I brought up before, Jesus is saying, don't pray like the hypocrites, meaning don't be like them in their praying. Mm -hmm. So, I think it's one thing if you don't feel like praying and then you do it out of obligation and your heart's not in it, mm-hmm. that's hypocritical. You're like, you're just using words. You're just doing something to maybe appease me or to appease whoever's with you. Um, but you're not doing it to truly seek God. But I think often that prompt to pray, even when we don't feel like it, isn't coming from us. Mm-hmm. It's coming from the Holy Spirit of like, and the, and the conviction it's more of, an of like, active obedience. I, yeah, yeah, I know I should pray right now because my heart is so yeah. angry or frustrated or hurt mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I, so I think in those moments of when you do go to pray, if again, if you're truly seeking God in those moments, mm-hmm. then it's not hypocritical. It's obedient. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yielding. It's humble. That's um, good. I thought it was worth it to go yeah, there no, for a That's a good bit. point. Um, I want to go back real quick to what we opened up this episode with because it was really mm-hmm. good and powerful. And I just want to reiterate, it was by a quote by Charles Spurgeon. And it says, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Hmm. That middle part where it says it's far deeper than that. Like, have you experienced that, that deep connection with God when you go to prayer and you, you realize like, this is powerful. Well, I think what I get reminded of often, because there's times that I go to start praying, like it just happened this morning and I like, there's several things that's been going on lately. Mm -hmm. We've been getting text messages about, I'm not going to say what, but I'm just like, I just go to prayer and I'm sitting there and like a few words get out and then I just have no more words. Mm -hmm. And so I just sit there just meditating on the fact that I know God knows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so even though I can't get words out of my mouth, I understand and I, I, I'm trusting and believing that that God knows. And so I just sit quietly. And so that that is the deeper part of not of like me thinking, man, I didn't have enough to say to God, but me just rejoicing that he knows already mm-hmm. and that he knows better than I do. And that um, I'm just participating in whatever he's already doing by coming before him and asking him for protection, for safety, for healing, for whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so it, it is that it's and I think that's where God desires our hearts to be of not just do we have the right words, but do we have the right heart? Mm -hmm. Do we have the right belief? Like, do we trust him? That's good. Yeah. True prayer is deep. It's intimate and it's, it's recognizing who your creator is. Like Mm -hmm. in that moment that you didn't have any words, you still were in awe and acknowledging who he was and that he knew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we also, that we got to ask ourselves a question. Um, are we, are we praying? Like what, what is it we're, we're desiring when we come in prayer? Like if we pray and don't believe anything we're saying, like that, that God is capable of any of it, then we're being a hypocrite. Like if we're not praying in faith, if we say, yeah, God, you know, I pray that, you know, for salvation for my brother, but I actually don't believe my brother will ever be saved. Like I'm, I'm not praying in faith. Now, whether my brother is ever saved or not, I can still pray in faith that, 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 my brother will be saved and that God can save him and God has given him everything he needs. And I could be praying for that and believe that my brother will be. And I think that God's what, that's how God wants us to pray is 
in that honesty and also that belief of what I'm praying, I believe God can do. Right. And so what is it that we're, we're coming to God for? Are we coming to God and not even believing what we're, what we're talking to him about? Not believing he's capable, not believing he will. That's, that's hypocritical. And then also going back to that, like motive, like what do we, that this verse, verse five, it talks about a reward. It says they have received their reward. Yeah. And the next verse talks about how we receive a reward. But in this one, it says they've received their reward. Their reward was being seen by people. They pray in the synagogues and they stand before men to be seen by men. And he says, surely they've received their reward. But do we, are we coming to God seeking a reward from him? Or am I coming to God hoping that I'm going to get something from my wife or that I'm going to like, or that, or am I just hoping to be seen in doing it to, to play, you know, like putting on a mask. Mm -hmm. And so we have to ask ourselves, like, are we coming to God to seek a reward from him? Like, God, I'm praying this because I want something from you. I desire your will. I desire your truth. I desire your transformation. I desire your healing. I desire, I, I'm looking to you for this. Well, and if you think about um, the reward for them that Jesus was talking about was that they were seen by men, right? Yeah, they got their... So what they were missing out on was a true, a true prayer to the Lord would be that experience, that intimacy, that deep connection with God and seeking his will mm -hmm. and they missed out on that. And so, I don't know. I'm just thinking like the word reward, when we go to God in prayer, the reward is not that he answered your prayer or that you got what you want or whatever. The reward is that you are experiencing an intimate relationship with the Lord. Knowing that him. You're, you're participating yeah. in, in it with him. And, and yeah, knowing him, being with him. And then, you know, it's like it, the Bible says that God rewards those who seek him. <laughs> he, he does. And so he wants us to seek him. And I also think about our heart postures. If we have a sinful, angry, bitter heart, if we have, if we have sin in our life that we, that we aren't willing to deal with, that we are not blind to, but, um, willfully blind to like the Holy Spirit's convicting us, but we're pushing it away. Um, I think about that verse that says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that not that we aren't without sin, but a hypocrite is one who pretends to be one thing, but is another thing. Pretends to be holy, but is walking in unrepentant sin. Are we walking in a way in our life that is actually hindering our prayers? Is actually making us hypocrites before God where, like I was bringing it before, I have a certain way of being with you, and yet I, I'm praying to God only about you. Mm -hmm. I'm not coming to him saying, Lord, Help like me. as David said, yeah. see if there's any wicked way in me. Mm -hmm. How am, what, what do I need to work on, Lord? Because I desire my wife to grow, but I know that I need to grow. Now that's a prayer for us as a, as a couple, not just you and yeah. you serving my needs. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that we're looking for? Are we looking for a reward from God? Or are we looking for a reward from men? And then is what, what is it that we're, what heart are we coming to God in? Is it one that is of repentance? Like humility. It, humility. Yeah. We're humble. And truly recognizing that it comes that that what who we're going to is is our heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. Or are you just checking a box or putting a mask yeah. on, saying I did that thing that yeah. I was supposed to do? I don't think God wants anything to do with hypocrisy. Yeah. He doesn't want anything to do with masks and and facades. He wants true, real worship and prayer. Mm -hmm. That we're not pretending to be one thing and totally being another somewhere else. 
Yeah, um, I want to. We want to encourage you guys to consider what we're talking about, also in light of your relationship with your spouse. So we've been talking about specifically prayer and hypocrisy and the posture yeah. of your heart toward God in prayer. Um, but we can also apply this to our relationship in marriage. And so as you're evaluating where your heart's at with prayer, also take a minute to just ask the Lord to reveal to you if you're being a hypocrite in your marriage. Yeah. Are you wearing a mask? Are you saying one thing, doing another? Are you um, putting on a show or performance, yeah. but it's not really who you are? Because marriage is intimate and it's so important that we reveal who we truly are and make ourselves known to one another. That's how trust is built. Yeah. That's how that intimacy is experienced. And so if you have a facade, if you have a mask up and you're not actually letting your spouse know you, uh, that's hypocritical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a, a part of that is, is being real with our weaknesses, mm -hmm. being real with our failings, with our temptations, with our, mm -hmm. Um, questions and confusion and fears and doubts. doubts. Yeah. Um, I think about the, um, the, there's a story and I can't remember where it's at, but one of the, um, one of the uh, Jewish leaders is praying up on a, th uh, on a, th on a, on the steps. And he says, thank you that you haven't made me like these, you know, poor sinners over here. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is what Jesus is talking about when he's saying this, don't be like the hypocrites because that guy was poor mm -hmm. and a sinner that's praying that way and, but making it sound like he's not. And, and so I know God desires for us to be real with each other, that my wife doesn't see that the world doesn't see me one way. And my wife see me another way Yeah, that I don't portray to my wife, like, Oh, I'm all perfect and great. And you're the one that's broken and failure. Mm -hmm. Cause that can happen. Mm -hmm. We do that. Sometimes we, we lighten the, we lighten the burden of our own sin on our own life and the, and the, um, uh, ugliness of it the weight of it. And we, we weigh down the burden and the ugliness of our spouse's sin. Um, but what God wants is us to be real and repentant of all of our sin and to be transparent with that. So that when we come before him, we're not pretending we're not mm -hmm. what we are. And that way we can actually truly know him and each other. Like you said. So good. Um, okay. So we already kind of covered a little bit of why, why we should pray. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to quickly go over some reasons why we should be praying specifically for our marriages. Right. Yeah. Cause Jesus, he, he teaches the disciples to pray and this is every believer should, like mm -hmm. should pray. Um, but there's a, a specific responsibility and authority and power and obligation in marriage. Like you have a, like, again, we always, we always bring up your closest neighbor is your, is your wife. It's your husband and praying for them. First of all, it's a good place to practice praying. Yeah right? It's the most intimate place you'll be to pray with your spouse and for your spouse. That's the most intimate relationship you have on earth. It's the most important relationship relationship you have on earth. Um, so coming to before the Lord for your marriage, um, I just met with a bunch of pastors this morning and we prayed for marriages. That's good. And I, I, I brought up in that, in my prayer is that Marriage is the foundation of all societies. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's where children are made. It's where children are reared and brought up and raised. And that relationship is so, it's um, irreplaceable. For society. For society yeah. and for the church. Um, and then Jesus himself, or God, God himself says that marriage is, um, it's a symbol of Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. uh, he says that through uh, Paul. And so, yeah, I mean, 
praying for the most important relationship you have, praying for protection over it, praying that God reveals his will for your life, praying that he uses you. And I couldn't imagine a more important thing to pray for. And as you do that, you feel closer, like you're connected spiritually to each other and physically by presence. You um, begin to see growth and maturity. Um, it takes the focus off of ourselves and kills selfishness. I would say it's unifying because it, because you, you usually are praying the same things. Um, well, any, any of you are not, it's being made known in prayer. Yeah. Which then becomes a conversation and then yeah. hopefully unifies you guys. Um, and I feel like anytime, I mean, marriages are always going in and out of different types of seasons and circumstances. So to bring those things to the Lord and ask for him to help you navigate it, like when you're on the same page there, oh, it makes a world mm -hmm. of difference going through those things. It does. We've been there a lot. <laughs> and so we know exactly what it's like. And so we just want to emphasize again that um, the reason we wrote this book, the reason we're doing this eight-part series, the reason we've done this podcast is that you and your spouse would not just draw closer to each other, but closer to God mm -hmm. through the relationship of your, of your marriage, that God would use it uh, for you to know him better. And so um, we're going to end this episode reading prayer um, 71 from The Marriage Gift. It's titled Praying Together. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you for giving us a way to make ourselves known before you. Prayer is not always easy, especially in the presence of another, yet your word is clear that we should pray without ceasing. Please show us how to pray continually and fervently. Lord, humble our hearts to submit to you in prayer. Fill us with boldness and faith as we pray for the things we yearn to see. Help us not to get tripped up on our words or what to pray for. We long to grow closer to you and to each other by praying together. As we make ourselves known to you, expressing our thoughts, feelings, praises, and desires, we also long to make ourselves known to each other during prayer. We want to benefit from hearing each other's perspectives on what we are going through. Will you please help us learn to love praying together? Holy Spirit, please help us to rejoice always, to give thanks to you, and to pray in all circumstances. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, we just wanted to... Um remind you that we are doing this eight-part series to celebrate the release of our new book, The Marriage Gift, um, which that prayer just came from. And we do, we want to invite each and every one of our listeners to please um, grab a copy today. Um, all you got to do is go to themarriagegift.com and uh, be a part of this movement, be a part of this legacy, and uh, also start a, a trend, a, a habit, um, a powerful ministry in your own marriage of prayer. And so please visit themarriagegift.com and pre-order your copy today. Um, also, stay tuned for the next seven episodes of this, of this series um, as we're going to go through each one of the verses in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, see you next time.
Hey, Manager After God friends. Thank you for your continued faithfulness in listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join with thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com.